You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Hey, this is Acoustic Mike from the Broadcast Basement. Every week we do 30 minutes of good on beer, fatherhood, and fun. But right now you're getting 30 minutes of the White Sox. With Chris and Dave, it's Socks in the Basement. Now. So Dave's closing on his house. And because Dave's closing on his house, my father's down here in the basement with me. Okay? And uh, since you're not a big radio star, and I'm sure you don't want the fame or anything like that, I'll just refer to you as Dad. Unless, unless of course, you want like your, your name and lights. It's up to you. No, Dad sounds good. <laughs> You and I were talking as I was setting up the microphones here, um, you, and you were talking about the, the different races going on in Major League Baseball, uh, and the fact that the A's have somehow come out of nowhere. I mean, they've just kind of just been lingering all year long, and it's not like they've got a lot of star power on their team, and here they are in a playoff race, and you made the comment, why can't we find a bunch of guys to just kind of do stuff and go out there? Why is it the A's are always able to find just guys? And these guys go out there and they just compete every year. Why can't we find any guys? I I I, I worry about the the White Sox scouting system to tell you the truth. Sometimes because I see that with the, with the A's, I looked up their I was looking at their team. I said, who do they have? Well, they do have a really good bullpen. They have a lights out bullpen, uh, and uh, they've got a couple starters that look pretty good. So their pitching looks good, but their players are two seventy hitter, two sixty hitters, two fifty hitters. They got a lot of them though. I mean. Uh, and uh, I mean, I was looking at uh, Simeon, who used to play in the White Sox, and he's playing for them shortstop. He's sitting about 250. He's got about 10, 12 home runs somewhere in there. I, I, you know, so they just get it done. They, they just figure out ways to win games down over there. And and uh, Billy Bean has done that for years. I mean, it's I understand they're they're always in a rebuild too. But I mean, we should be in a rebuild. But I I understand. You know, I do not see some of the talent that we have here playing up to it. It's just a little shaky sometimes. Just to give an idea here, because I looked up what the A's roster was, because I think this is interesting, because you're like, oh, they're a bunch of no-name guys. Let's be honest, they are kind of no-name guys. Jed Lowry's having, like, a career year this year. He's got an OPS at 823. He's hitting 273 this year, and uh, he's got, uh, where's it at here, uh, 19 home runs. He made the All-Star game for the first time in his life this past this past All-Star game. He And and that's like a guy, that's like a, that's like the, the, the light bulb getting bright right before it goes out because he's in the twilight of his career, okay? Uh, Matt Chapman is a hell of a third baseman, but here's a guy that here's a guy that they basically went out, got, and cultivated, and they got in there. Other than that, you got a, you got a three true outcome guy in Chris Davis. He's either going to hit a home run or, or he's going to strike out. He's got 122 strikeouts and 34 home runs with a 257 batting average, okay? But his, his OPS is almost 900. I mean, and, and you got these three guys. After that... There's nothing different in terms of statistically that team and what the Sox currently have. They got a lot of guys that are hitting in the 240s, okay, uh, or 230s that are on this team that are starters on their team. I mean, Stephen Piscotty, here's a guy that the, the Cardinals gave up on, and the A's go out and grab him up, and he's now out there playing for them, and they're competing, and they're just outside of first place in a division that has the Astros and the Mariners in it. Who everybody was like, well, these are two just these teams are going to battle it till the end, and they got the A's it or the Angels in it. Remember the Angels? The Angels go out and get Otani. They got the greatest baseball player in baseball right now, and Mike Trout. And and the, the A's should have no business being in this thing, and they're in it. 
Well, they, you know, they've got a, they get a good bullpen. That's if you look at the numbers, their bullpen is solid. And uh, do you think the Sox should have made sure that they had a bullpen this year? In a no, rebuilding year, no, do you think they should have no. gone out and made sure that they had a bullpen? No, not really. I mean, I, 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 I hope they're developing something or they have a plan for that because in Major League Baseball these days, you can't win without a bullpen. I mean, in my, when, I was, when I was a young kid, a pitcher started the game and he finished the game. I mean, they'd stay out there eight innings and get whacked around, but the other team had their pitch around for seven or eight innings too, so teams would score some runs. Nowadays, you got this fifth inning, sixth inning. You get five innings, you had a good start, you know, then six innings. But you uh, you have to have a good bullpen. Now, the Sox could get a good bullpen, but it's, you know, you hopefully they've got players down there that they feel that will be better in the bullpen than they will be starters. I mean, for instance, this is uh, – Fulmer, right? Yeah, well, Fulmer, was up and they sent him maybe. down, and now he's now gonna he's, be, now he's gonna be in the bullpen. They told he's me the only bullpen. way he's coming back up again is if he's in the bullpen. They've got to get better. They got they can't hold all these guys down there forever. Jimenez should be up here next year, probably after April. It's all this. It's, Do you like the fact that they're holding him down? Oh for yeah, extra they control? should. They you should. like this? It's the way the contract. It's the way the contract is for Major League Baseball. It's to your advantage to keep this guy down there. And, and, and then bring them up later. There's a lot of people that are mad about it. And it's something that it's, it's, it is like one of the number one things that people talk about on White Sox Twitter. White Sox Twitter, I know you don't do Twitter because you're old. Yeah. And, 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 you know, old guys don't tweet. No. Okay. But, but the way that this works is that everybody goes in there and then they look at like just like a conversation about the White Sox or a conversation about this or look at the people that they're following. And you, these huge discussions break out about, well, somebody will throw out a stat. Well, because this this is why you bring this guy up. No, you don't bring him up yet because he'll fail. The only thing I point to, and we put up the article, we retweeted it. We also put it up on the uh, on the Sox in the Basement uh, Facebook page. Okay, there was an article that CBS Sports put out earlier this week about what the Blue Jays are doing with Vlad Guerrero Jr., Here's a guy, Jimenez and Vlad Guerrero Jr. are the two guys on every list, like one, two, basically, in terms of prospects right now in the minors. They're, they're the best two prospects in baseball. Some people will call Eloy the best prospect. Some people call Vlad Guerrero Jr. the best prospect. They both are almost the same kind of player, too. Okay. They both spray the ball everywhere. I saw like a hitting chart for Eloy. They're, they will never be able to shift against him. He hits every home run. All of his home runs go out at all different areas of the park. All of his singles go to all different areas of the park. All of doubles go to all different areas of the park. The guy just hits it everywhere. And Guerrero Jr. is very much like his father. He's just going to just put the ball wherever they're not at. Okay? So these are two very similar players. And here are the Blue Jays. And they are not they are not even entertaining the thought of bringing him up. And they both have hit AAA at about the same time this year. They have both been in AA at the same time. They've both been in AAA at the same time. And this is almost like you have two general managers that are both doing the exact same thing. And I think White Sox fans get tunnel vision with our team. But this is the norm now. No matter if you like it or not, it's the norm. You know, the, the Sox could be competitive quickly in, in this division. I mean, the Tigers are in bad shape. The Royals are a hot mess. Uh, the Twins are trying to figure out what they're going to do. And you have Cleveland, who's had a little run now, but so so their run might be starting to slow down. So if the Sox come up here and put a couple players on this team that can actually play, bring up a couple pitchers that can actually pitch, put a few guys in the bullpen that can get somebody out. Right. All right? The, all of a sudden, they'll be playing, they could be playing over 500 a little bit, and they'd be in the race. I want to make a run next year. Don't you want to make a run oh, next I, year? I, I, I don't I, expect to. I, even if we don't make the playoffs, even I, I, and I don't expect to compete for a World Series. But I think we should be able to make a run. There should be something positive that happens next year. You should be over 500, and you should see some of these guys working out. And you should make a free agent signing in the offseason. Well, or two, or three. You should start building your team now. I, I agree. I think this is this is what's going to happen. They're going to get rid of some of the players that dead wood on this team. 
They're going to bring up some guys that are that are major league ready, but they won't bring them up till April. Right. They should go out and get themselves maybe a big free agent to play position. We've talked about who we think they should. I, mean, take. I think they should go get Manny Machado. Right, exactly. They should give the him three hundred million dollars. Like father, like son. Him. We're just like. I mean, right. we're, I mean know, if he's I mean, available, think, go I get him. I think everybody talks to their dad. If, if you know, I mean, unless of course your dad is has passed on. I, I've met some guys who are my age now. Their father's not around. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. But uh, but but. If you have a chance to sit around and talk with your dad, baseball, I'm sure you all have the same conversations we have. We sit down, we have a beer, and we start yelling about something. The two of us are an absolute lockstep with, go out and get the young mid-20s shortstop that hits a ton, that who cares if he's a little bit of a problem child, AJ was a problem child too, who I think would fit right in on this team and give him $300 million and put a dump truck full of money on his lawn and put him on the team, okay? Because neither one of us like the guy at short right now at all. Well, it's, it's like our it's, thing. I, I don't want to talk about him because I talk about him too much, but he drives me insane. No, it's 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 not so much him. It's the other guy so much better. I right. mean, and and you, and all of a sudden you put a superstar on your team. You've got a Brayu already on the team. You, hopefully Garcia stays healthy. Who they should keep on this team because he's actually a pretty good ball player. You, he's starting to grow into one. And then and you put this uh, Jimenez, bring him up in April, and all of a sudden you got four or five guys that can swing the bat when you you know and you're going to score some runs. You're going to have Rodan. Looks like he's going to be lights out right now. If he doesn't get hurt, he's going to be an all star pitcher. And you're going to bring up somebody else in the pitching staff. Probably Kopech will come up, and you, you're going to start bring building your team. And then what you need to do then is go out and get yourself a couple of relievers that can that have some stuff in them. I mean. I would hope they start trying some of these guys out. I mean, who's the, who's the guy that drives me nuts? Uh, the, uh, the, the one reliever, I don't know why he's on the team. He's got a oh, whip uh, about Wamanaya. Yeah, Wamanaya. Why don't we just give up on Wamanaya and find somebody else <laughs> and bring some guy one up? Point, I saw somebody the other day on Twitter wrote, Wamanaya has been one of the best right-handed relief pitchers in the bullpen since he came back in June. And my response was, he's got a 1.77 whip on the year, and he's never had a whip below 1.5 or something like that in his career. If he's the shining spot in your bullpen, you have massive problems, okay? Just jettison everybody at this point. If he's the shining spot as your right-handed bullpen, you don't have any right-handers then. You have no right-handers in the bullpen, just get rid of all of them. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about bringing up, bringing up uh, the young guys who you might want to you know, save down there for a little while to work in the bullpen, but you've got to have some journeymen down in a bullpen in, in your minor league systems that are, you know, in the mid-20s. Yeah, or it's time to pick up a guy. Bring or a it's guy time to up grab a few different Well, that's what they need to do in the year. Right. They, they need to do this after the year's over. Right. Them, they go hunting and get, a, and get a couple guys that can pitch in a bullpen. What do you think about the fact your grandkids have a podcast? Have you heard this yet? No, uh, we were unable to get it. You didn't, well, yeah, because Apple Podcast hasn't approved it yet because they're kids. It's oh. on like Castbox. It's on Podbean. It's at uh, GrowingUpOnAPodcast.com. I have to I have to talk with Apple today about it because they're two kids that are doing a show, and for some reason there's like a red flag that went up. I think. Well, I, but, I, I we were going to listen to it, but I couldn't get to it. Oh, okay, I'll show. I'll put you it. You have phone to come over it. again and uh, I'll help, put it on uh, help me and your mother. We're, we're right. technologically uh, behind. If the you times. have if you have children. And they want to hear what other kids are talking about these days. It's literally a kids podcast for kids by kids. Uh, and it is a half hour, just like the Socks in the Basement podcast. And I pop in every once in a while just to kind of help them out with stuff because they're sitting down here at the studio. But you got you got a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old, and they're just talking about 
being a kid, which is uh, the first episode actually uh, posted last week. A new episode is out uh, before this weekend coming up here. So if you want to go check it out, you can get it on Podbean. You can get it on CastBox. I know a couple of other pod players have found it because it takes a while when you put a new podcast out for it to be found. I'm hopefully going to have it on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts very soon, but it is always at growinguponapodcast.com. You can also find their Facebook page, Growing Up on a Podcast. They got a Twitter feed growing up on, at Growing Up on a Pod. So you can go and find it, hunt it down. If you have a kid that's in the social media or in the podcast and you want them to listen to something that's good instead of the crap they can find out there, this is something you at least like kind of mention to them that they may want to go and check out is the Growing Up on a Podcast. And it's all brought to you just like Socks in the Basement by uh, Broadcast Basement, which is uh, now growing. It's larger and bigger, and I'm gonna need a bigger bar. <laughs> I mean, you think Eric will let me get a bigger bar? Yeah, well, you can put another, yeah, you think an addition me, on it. Where you, are you gonna put that? I don't know. I, we're You'll gonna have, have to, to knock find, out that wall. We'll, we can knock out a wall. Yeah. We'll knock out a wall. We'll do that. We'll not, you know what? This this playroom that's in the back here, we'll just knock this out. We'll make it a big square bar that goes. They would the work. Back like they that. would work. You know what I'm saying they would get work. Like something like 40 seats down here and a neon sign in the back, and every time we're broadcasting, it'll just come on and it'll flash on air. You know what I'm saying? Like that in the neighborhood, people can just come down here and we'll get like these 20 person discussions about the White Sox. I'm sure that'll go well. You just have to get a few more microphones. That's all. (laughs) Hey, Dave and I want to give a real quick shout out and say thanks to everybody who came up and said hi to us and our wives wearing the socks in the basement shirts on Saturday night out at the ballpark. It was cool to find out that there's a lot of people that are already listening to this show. You can find Socks in the Basement everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. You got Dave and I, we're from a generation of White Sox fans that grew up, um, and our heroes are the guys from the 80s that you would probably have bumped into a, at a bar. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were they were around your age, but they were our heroes. You know? I mean, Ron Kittle. I sent him right. a love letter, like, at least twice a week on Twitter. I, I, I Ron's flirting with me, too. I was tweeting, live tweeting, from Section 108, and Kittle liked it. And then I was like, oh, he's flirting with me. So I just wrote, oh, Ron, you tease. And he liked that too. He won't follow the Socks in the Basement podcast. And he won't respond to my request for him to come down here and drink in my basement for some reason. But he continuously seems to find our tweets and like what we say. So it's 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 kind of a weird relationship right now. He's kind of like the, you know, I, I, I don't know what's going on here. I, I feel like I should send him a note like, do you like me? With like a box that says yes and a box that says no. But I can't put the maybe in there because he would check the maybe. Who was your favorite player growing up? Oh, when I was a kid, it was uh, Nellie Fox. And uh, I mean, there was, they had some good players. Billy Pierce uh, was, a, was, a, was a good player. I got to meet Billy. Yeah. Remember was, that? Well, he lived right around here. So he was you in Hayes Park. Yeah, yeah, he was in Hayes Park, and I got to meet Billy. I got to meet Billy. You were there, right? Right. I, am I, I'm remembering it, right? Right? Because I was yeah. a little kid. How yeah. old was I when I met Billy Pierce? Oh, probably four, five, five years old. Right. I mean, I was like a little guy, but it still sticks in my brain that I remember meeting Billy Pierce. I remember, I still remember that Billy Pierce, like I walked up and he had a couple of baseballs in his pocket and he was going to sign a ball and all the kids were standing around yelling. And he said, uh, you know, I'll sign a ball for the first kid that could tell me who's the White Sox player that once played without his shoes. And I said, shoeless Joe Jackson. And it was only because my father had given me some White Sox knowledge that I have a Billy Pierce signed baseball now. And I remember, I still remember that when I was in, like, what was he? he was just walking around and you like pointed him out like that's Billy Pierce? Yeah, I, yeah, I knew what he looked like. I mean, I knew who he was in the in the area. So yeah, I said hello to him and didn't 
you know, he was very approachable. I mean, out of Sox teams, other players, I mean, in the 1967, a White Sox had a, had a very interesting team. They were first place from beginning to end. They lost to the Boston Red Sox by a couple of games at the very end. Went a little slump. They had great pitchers. I mean, I used to love watching their pitchers. They had Horland, Peters, Tommy John was on that team. Uh, they had a, their manager, Eddie Stanky. They had a lot of no-name guys running around in the field, no, no, no real superstar in the field. They couldn't score any runs. They, if they scored three runs, they probably won the game. They had Hoyt Wilhelm in the bullpen as their closer, and, and he was, like, impossible to hit with that knuckleball. And uh, so that was, a, that was kind of a fun team. Uh, they, they, they didn't draw a lot of fans. Uh, pe- more people were starting to go to the north side because the Cubs had hired DeRocher and so forth, and so they thought that this would be going to be the team of the future. But, uh, yeah, then Harold Baines was a really good ball player for the White Sox over the years. I mean, if you look at that, and then Frank Thomas, you know, those are some of the better players, you know, Canerco. But, yeah, but the guys that stick out, maybe uh, in the olden days, uh, pitchers were more were a little better than hitters probably. So you were, you were like, liked pitchers. That was, like, your thing. You were yeah, like, I mean, yeah, awesome. I mean, guys, I mean, when the White, in 67, Gary Peters was the uh, was a left-hander the Sox had, really lights-out pitcher. And when he played, he didn't bat eighth. He batted fourth in the lineup because he was a better hitter than anybody than the than the than the batting <laughs> order. Eddie Stanky would bat him fourth in the lineup. I mean, so that's how that's how the team scratched for runs. You know, that's that's how they were. But it was it was kind of fun watching them. A couple of those guys went on and and went and played for the Mets. And they were there. They were on that team. A couple of those players that were in the Mets won the World Series. I'm not sure what year they won it. A couple of years later, uh, when they beat Baltimore and won the World Series. 69, right? Because that don't they pass the Cubs in 69? 69, 69, yeah, right. Yeah. 69, yeah, 69. And they and they they had like Al Weiss was on that team. Tommy Agee was the center fielder on that team. I think they had another player. They had a few guys that were on that 67 team who were good players, smart players. And uh, and uh, it was kind of fun watching them uh, pass the Cubs and then even beat Baltimore. Who on this team right now do you see on this team in two years? I ask this all the time of everybody that comes on, every every radio person that comes and, and guest host. I've asked Dave this. I ask anybody this question. I always ask this question. I'm always interested by what fans see. And you, coming from the generation that's been around here longer than me, who now has watched this team, like you said, you saw this, you you you, you watched that 67 team. You were able to rattle everything off. You were how old in 1959? Eight years Eight old. Eight years old in 1959 when they went to the to the World Series there. Right. You've been through this whole thing thick or thin. Right. There's, you know, it, it, right now, I think that Rodan is the player that'll, that'll, that'll be here for He's going to be here in two years. I, oh, definitely. Who else in two years Unless on this team? Injured. I say Aversal Garcia. I think he should think stay he's on, still here? Okay. I think he should stay on his team. I think he's a good player. I think he's only getting better. Okay. I mean, they made a nice trade for him. Uh, and they He's just, dropped off a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but everybody hits a slump, and I th- just think that since the whole team's doing I think, bad, I it, think it all in all, I think he's a pretty good ball player. Right. Uh, I think that... Uh, uh, Yomar Sanchez will be around as an as Yomar a, Sanchez. You like Sanchez. him? I like him, and I like he he'll be a utility player. Every time on this they team. talk about, every time they interview a guy on this team, they always talk about Yomar and his leadership in the in the in the clubhouse. You need a guy like that, right? I mean, okay. and and then and then uh, some of these other, Lopez, the other pitcher. I think there's a couple of their starters should be around here. I mean, the, the Shields, I don't think will be here. Well, no, he's too years. old, and they're right, not going to pick up sixteen million dollar option. The, it, he's got a sixteen million dollar option next year, yeah, or a two million dollar buyout. He's they'll buy him out. They're going to buy him out because Me, they're bringing up everybody else right there's a, he's they're gonna buy him out i don't see how they keep I, him. On I, team. you know brayu may be here i don't know what what they'll do because they the cuban connection 
I, I hope that uh, uh, what's his name still playing the second baseman? I can't think of his name. Moncada. Moncada. I'm hoping. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping he's still. If he's not here in two, two years, we're in trouble. Well, then, well, no, we got a guy that we got a backup plan. We just drafted. Oh, the, the Nick Madrigal. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I, don't, I don't. He's the backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> We need backups. Yeah. You know, that's the thing I always tell everybody. Yeah. I mean, we sat there and we watched what the Cubs were doing. We did. We talked about it. We're Sox fans, but we were paying attention to what they were doing. You know, when they went out and they grabbed prospects, everything they grabbed was a middle infielder. Everybody. There are all these guys all over their team that started as shortstops. They had like seven shortstops in their system. Baez was a shortstop. Russell was a top shortstop prospect. Um, uh, Elmora was a shortstop. I mean, I, I don't know enough about their team to rattle off all these names, but I remember sitting there saying, all they do is grab middle infielders because you can always turn them into something else. The White Sox have a lot of already outfielders. That's the one thing that I haven't liked about the rebuild is not enough middle infielders. When they went out and got a middle infielder right away in the draft, I was like, okay, at least they understand what they need to go get because they don't have enough of that. I'm not worried about anything else. You can move a shortstop to third. You can move a shortstop to center. You can move a shortstop anywhere. If the guy's a good enough hitter, you'll find a place because he's the most athletic player on the field. But you can't sit there and say, well, we've got too many right fielders, so let's move one of them to short. It doesn't happen, you know? And that's the thing. They have a. That's my thing. That's my only concern when I watch how they're building this, is that there's not enough in the middle because you're just banking on the few guys you have in the middle of making it. And if they don't, you better get the wallet out to get somebody because you don't have a lot of depth. Well, that's positions. what I say. Get the wallet out for the shortstop this year. You solve a lot if you go get Machado, don't you? I mean, if you solve a lot if you don't. If you go get Machado, you solve a lot. Yeah. You make Anderson and 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 Madrell and Mancada now all compete for second base. Right. Okay. Right. And, and and now you sit there and say one of these guys are going to come out of it. Plus, if if not, we at least Yomer can move over the second base as well. And you have a utility player. You have a lot of guys that are capable of playing over there. And you solve a lot if you fill shortstop. And I just think you want a star at shortstop. I think teams that win the World Series have stars at shortstop. Well, the, nothing the, the the old adage in baseball strong up the middle, and it hasn't gone away. You have to play defense up the middle. They have a good catcher. Good short, good second, good center field. Teams that have that, if you're, when you're strong up the middle, you're a solid team. You can get away with an outfielder that has some, you know, like you get away with, the Cubs get away with uh, Schwarber out in left field. But, you know, but that's because their center fielders are good. All right. You've got a good, they've got good defensive short, they're good defensive second, and they're good defensive catching. I mean, this is, this is the, this is the key. It hasn't changed in, since baseball began. Strong up the middle. And the White Sox have to get strong defensively up the middle. They're still a little sloppy on some of these places, all right? But they're they're actually a little better than they were last year because right? Anderson isn't playing as bad as he did last year. And Angle gives them actually a pretty good center field defensively. And I was surprised at looking at um, uh, Sox catchers. They're, offensively, both of them are hitting the ball pretty good. Right, and I think you got some catchers that you can at least sit there and say you might get something out of Zavala or Collins coming up. Smith seems to do a good job of framing pitches as well. Okay, I think that, like I said, I mean, there's there's a plan. Not all these guys are going to make it. You know what I'm saying? And I think every time that's the worst question that I see all the time that people ask, who's going to be a bust out of this group or is so and so going to be a bust? Guess what? You're going to have a lot of bust. There's a lot of guys that are not going to make it. There's a lot of guys that don't make it to the major leagues who are highly touted prospect. That's why you want as many of them as possible. There is no guarantee this works. I mean, you and I have said it before. Get like, you know, out of your nine guys that are going to take the field and your 10th, which is the DH, let's say, okay, or your nine, your nine players, okay, that are not pitchers. Out of those nine, your, your eight position players and your designated hitter. If you get 
four of them out of this prospect field or five of them out of this prospect field, and you go sign the other four guys from free agency deals to fill the roles that you need, you've had a successful rebuild, right? Right. Everybody's saying, well, we got to fill all all nine spots. You're not going to fill all nine spots from your system. Here it gets tricky with the the White Sox. The White Sox have to do what the Atlanta Braves do and the Dodgers do. Somehow they convince teams that the guy they're going to get in a trade is the greatest player ever. Right. And then they trade what they really don't want, and they get what they want. Right. And that's what they have to do. And somehow the Sox have to start thinking that way. Because right now, for instance, Atlanta's got another great farm system again. And if you go shopping on our farm system, you better be careful what you're buying there because they're great at fleecing you. The following story is completely true. The names have not been changed because... Hi, I'm Chris Lanuti. Oh, really? Got to read it? It's three words long. You're like getting ready, like adjusting yourself. Join me and my friends as we belly on up to my homemade nine-foot oak bar in my basement on the south side of Chicago. I'd say expose them to as much violence and nudity as you can at an early age to prep them for life. Was it hard to climb up the ladder in your skirt? No, it's just embarrassing. Oh, okay. Each week, we talk craft beer, sports, fatherhood, and the oddities of life. Your show is so different and fascinating. Wait, this is a podcast? <laughs> I just come over here to drink. Join us for 30 minutes of good each and every week. The Broadcast Basement on Stitcher, iTunes, and BroadcastBasement.com. We went on uh, on on Saturday night, and it was the first time that we, uh, we've gone out as a group for the Socks in the Basement podcast. So I had myself, Dave, uh, his wife, Hannah, my wife, Erica, we all went out. And um, we're all sitting there in our Socks in the Basement podcast shirts. And I'm on the Twitter, and I'm telling people, like, First few people to stop by get a beer. And now, now you can see people walking around the park, like trying to find our section because I'm saying where we're at. Okay. But that was cool for me. We got to meet like all kinds of different people that were here. We met a lot of the 108ers, like the people that just, you don't know, you don't even know about this, do you? You've only heard about this on the podcast. Yeah, I heard about it on podcast. You would love right? these guys. These guys are like, these guys are right up your alley. These guys are you and your cousins and your brother, like in this, in like the 70s. That's what this is. Okay. These guys are just out there drinking. And sitting in the, they, they literally are that tiny little sliver section back near where we used to have the season tickets when we had the 27 game plan in 93, right. 94. Yeah. Okay. They're in that little sliver behind the right hand, right field foul pole. And they just, they just kind of sit in that little section there. Like nobody ever sits there. They're becoming such a thing now that people fight to get tickets in there because they're cheaper seats because they're right back there. They're like, the, they're like the cheapest seats on the lower level. And now it's like a cult thing to be out there. And people come out there. Like I was sitting in that section. And people are like, they went and bought in that section specifically because this is becoming like the place where like the crazy fans hang out is the corner section. It's the, they have their own t-shirts and everything else like that. They actually do a thing on on Sundays called the Sunday soak where these guys just sit in a hot tub and do like a little like live Facebook thing. I was invited to go sit in their hot tub. Erica thinks I'm nuts. She's like, you're going to go sit with strangers in their hot tub on television? I'm like, yeah, I'm totally going to go do that. Okay, I'm totally doing that. And they're going to come over to the bar. They were all trying to butter up Erica. They're like, we'll bring over some wine. Like one guy's like, I have a wife too. I'm normal like you. And she's looking at him like, who are these weirdos that my, my husband's making friends with? Like she's like, she's like, yeah, like I had to get her a couple of beers. So she looks it up and she's like, yeah, you guys need to come over to the house and stuff like that. So they'll be doing the podcast really soon, but it was a lot of fun. I just wanted to mention that real quick. Uh, when Dave gets back, we'll tell a few more stories next week about what happened out uh, at that ball game. But we were, we moved around. I tried out that new revolution brewery. Oh yeah. You were trying to get in the there the last time. Oh yeah. yeah. And it was closed when we went. Yeah. Right. Cause they, they don't open it. If it's uh, I don't think they open it when it's a day game and there's 12 people there. 
So we were at a game where there were literally 12. That was like the game where we bought four seats because we had to buy four, but we only had three people, and they were $7 a seat in the 300 level. Remember? Yeah, right. like, that's basically what it was. It was, pretty it was. Good. It it was, was a seven bucks deal. a person to sit in a 300 level. Front row. Bought, bought like the day beforehand in the front row at a 300 level, and there was nobody else. So they didn't even open up the Revolution Brewing thing. It was cool. They have, like, you know, like when you're in the center field, like the batter's eye thing? You, you've sat up there before on the fan right. deck. Like every right. once in a while, there's not an event. You can get up there and you can just sit there. And they have, like, those metal tables. They have one of those there, too, with, like, really comfortable seats. And you could sit along that and watch the game from basically the 300 level perspective, okay, inside the bar where they have all the craft beer. They got some other regular beers. I mean, they, they got something for you. I'm sure they got something that's close to Miller Lite. I, you I, know. I, I, I can drink a variety of beer. Can you? Yeah. I've been known to do that. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's another at the ballpark. The ballpark itself is beautiful. I mean, it's. I've always said it's a nice park. At the bottom, especially the bottom part, that 100 level all the way around the field is probably one of the nicest ones in in Major League Baseball. The parks I've been in, it's really a nice ballpark. It all, it all, it's all you can walk through it all. There's nothing that stops you from walking all the way around. There's food everywhere. One of the best parts about it was, and I always lose this perspective when I'm out with the kids, is because when you have the kids, you're just basically dragging them around the park, you know, and you got to keep track of them and where's this person and where's that person and who needs a who needs a pretzel and, and like like somebody's always asking for something you don't really get but like when it was just me and 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 like other adults we were just standing on the concourse for like two innings having a beer and it's just as good as sitting in a seat right you're standing out there in the summer and you you just walk right up and just stand there and watch the game from a different perspective you can walk around and still keep track of the game that whole concourse allows you to watch live game action and and still and like be like social and it's like it's really the best you always had the greatest idea for it which I always thought was because you said it. They should put like a big bar that just runs all the way around the concourse, where you could sit on a bar stool. They put stools, and you have a bartender. You have bartenders that work the bar, and you sit at the bar stools, and the bar runs all the way around that thing behind the last row of seats. And you can just sit there, and people will just walk up to the bar and be able to sit at the bar and have a drink, and there'd be like peanuts on the bar, and the game is going on. Like that was, I still think that's the greatest idea for for that ballpark that has never been used before. If it if it if the White Sox use it now, we need at least a couple of socks in the basement podcast <laughs> stools or something like that. But I I always thought that was the greatest idea that you ever had for that ballpark. That's the one thing that it's missing. It's just a giant bar. I think I came up, up with that idea the first game I went to there. I <laughs> when we went there when we were there for opening day. Yeah, well, I was standing out there. Probably oh, right. was there. I was there. Yeah, opening we were there day. opening day, nineteen ninety one, sitting next to Bruce Wolf. We were in the outfield. Right? Wasn't right. Bruce Wolf Bruce sitting Wolf there? Was there he, was like yeah. a, he was like really young broadcaster, yeah, right. and he had to buy a ticket for the game because he was sitting next to us. Yeah. And we were down in section one hundred nine. Right. We were like right down in that corner down in there. Down in the that, it was down in that corner. Yeah, for the and, first game ever. At and that I, ball when ball, I walked around blue. the field, I said, boy, they should have just put a bar here all the way around. Big giant bar. If Bill Veck would have been here, I said this would have been like that. <laughs> another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nudie. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. New Deal's Basement, broadcast.
basement, London's basement, the broad basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. I want you to come back because I think that, like, I think having my father in here with the older person's perspective would go great because David just constantly yells about how old White Sox fans, like, they don't they don't get the rebuild, and you get it. And that's the thing. Like, oh, I, think I get great. it. I understand what they're you trying to it. do. That You know, it's, it's the way the game is these days, and I understand what they're trying to do, but, you know, it's – it's not that it isn't painful to sit there and it watch sucks. these guys play it so sucks. bad. I mean, you know? I watch them on television, and I'm, and I'm like, holy cow, why do you do that? Right. You, it's sort of like that in the natural when the, when the one coach says that a manager, that was kind of a bad play there. I say that about three times a day game watching. <laughs> Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement.